0: This is an AMI podcast. Hi, I'm Fern Nullum, and welcome to Into You, the podcast where we put love under the microscope, shedding light on the do's, don'ts, and nightmare scenarios we find ourselves in while flirting with romance.
1: When you have non-functioning anxiety, it can't not
0: affect dating and
1: relationships.
0: Dating is enough to give you anxiety, so if you already have it... For sure. Oh my goodness. We all come at dating from a slightly different angle, but we are often faced with very similar situations to shape up to. We think that we're going to be the most undesirable person in the room because of our skeletons in the closet, but
1: everyone has that and we're all really just wanting to connect that's all any of
0: us want dating can uncover things about ourselves we never knew before so without further ado let's get into you if you're ready to jump into the fun and good time that's going to be into you then we can go are you ready yeah let's do it hey we made it to into you 2022 how are you feeling about this year Well, for the worriers amongst you, of which I am most certainly one, a new year might present you with a whole host of fresh anxiety, in much the same way as a first date or risky relationship can. Today, I'm talking to author and YouTuber Lauren Rose, who's lived with severe anxiety for many years and tells us how it's impacted her relationships. Later, Lauren gives us some tips on how to cope with anxiety when dating. I think if the person who suffers with anxiety is not being honest, then the other party can't help them. And opens up about her fears of being in a new relationship.
1: I don't want to tell someone that I've just started dating that I'm terrified that I'm going to have explosive diarrhoea the first morning after we sleep together.
0: (laughs) But first, I thought I'd ask a question I'd never dared to before and find out how Lauren felt about chatting to me. Are you feeling nervous? (laughs) I was just talking to
1: my partner about it and he's like, are you prepared for this? I said no. (laughs)
0: Hey, it's only me, Laura, and it's going to be fine. (laughs) You're going to know all the answers, I promise. (laughs) So first up, how long have you had anxiety, Lauren, and how does it present itself to you? Because I know it's a little bit different for everyone. I've had it since about my early 20s, and I'm now in my mid-30s.
1: I didn't have anxiety prior to that. It kind of popped out of nowhere. For me, it presented as panic attacks, which led into agoraphobia. And I guess my most prevalent anxiety symptom or panic cue, as I call them, is that I always feel like I need to go to the bathroom urgently. And that's my major anxiety symptom. When it comes to dating, that's not a great
0: anxiety symptom, is it?
1: It's really not. It's like, hi, I'm Lauren. I'm just going to go to the
0: bathroom. Don't mind (laughs) me. One moment. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So you're currently with your partner. Anthony is your partner? Yes. Yes, Yes. and good. I'm glad I've got that right. Now, how long (laughs) have you been with Anthony? About two and a half years now. And in the past, so before you met the lovely Anthony, what ways did your anxiety impact those past relationships? I was in a 10-year relationship.
1: It leaked into every facet of my relationship. As I had agoraphobia, I stopped going out. So, you know, we couldn't do any of the normal couple things that people do. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of the dating world, I mean, there were so many things that I said no to because I was terrified that my anxiety would play up and that I would have panic attacks. So things like a date saying, I'll pick you up, you know, instead of meeting me somewhere, I would immediately say, no way, (laughs) not Mm -hmm. happening. Like when you have non-functioning anxiety, like panic or agoraphobia, it can't not sort of affect dating and relationships because it it affects every part of your life. There's so many variables. I mean, even if you don't have anxiety, dating is a minefield. Yes. But when you add panic
0: attacks and anxious thoughts into the mix, it's it's a whole other thing altogether. Dating is enough to give you anxiety. So if you already have it, for sure. My goodness. Yes. Yes. So have you ever tried to hide your anxiety from your dates? Is it something that you try to kind of squash into the background? Yes. I actually did
1: a bit of a, um, Goldilocks and the three bears kind of type scenario where there was one guy that I didn't say anything. There was another guy where I said a little bit and then there was another guy (laughs) where I just let it all out. (laughs) Right. Okay. And the, the first guy that I dated that I didn't tell him a thing about me, especially not that I had anxiety. And I found it fun in the very beginning, like the first half an hour of our date, because I was having fun being this person who doesn't have anxiety, Mm. but because I was so secretly anxious, I got incredibly drunk, incredibly fast to try and sort of give myself some extra confidence. Mm. And then, you know, I don't even remember a lot of the date because I was so drunk that it, you know, I nearly blacked out and it just, it was the stupidest thing I've done, but it made me realize that you know there's no point trying to be somebody that i'm not because then i can't i can't function in that capacity at all anyway and how about the guy that you told a little bit to yeah <laughs> it was good i sort of was sort of like dipping my toe in and seeing how much i could say before i felt like i was just blurting out i'm a mess <laughs> you know <laughs> um and he was very receptive and He basically said, I don't want someone who's perfect because that doesn't exist. And I think that was when I realized that it doesn't matter what I say. If I'm talking about something honest and I'm talking about mental health, there's not going to be anyone who hasn't dealt with that on some level. So he was totally fine with it. And then the guy that I spilled everything to, he also was super supportive and it gave him space to tell me about what he'd been through as well. So then we had a really authentic, genuine conversation, which was wonderful.
0: I mean, I don't remember Goldilocks getting drunk in the story, but it sounds like you had a good <laughs> time with the, the last two bears there. So, I mean, I'm guessing if you were hiding it, there was a part of you that thought I might be rejected for this. Did you ever worry about that or did that actually ever happen? Were you ever rejected because of your anxiety?
1: I wasn't rejected because of my anxiety while I was dating. But I guess because I was coming off the back of a relationship where it really seemed to suck the life out of our whole relationship, Mm. I was worried that if I said, hey, you know, this is what I deal with on a day-to-day basis, that that person was just going to run in the opposite direction. Because, you know, sometimes I want to run in the opposite direction. Mm. (laughs) Like many times I I want to run. So Yeah, it's hard to deal with when it comes to talking about a mental illness, I guess, as well.
0: Mm, A bit of a stigma attached to that. For sure. After having your Goldilocks experience, what has that taught you? When do you think is the best (laughs) time to tell someone you're dating that you have anxiety?
1: Look, I honestly, I now would say just be straight up from the first date even. I mean, sometimes you can gauge from the person you're talking to if that's something that they would want to delve into you know, judging by how much they actually do respond when you're talking about it. But then if it's somebody who is uncomfortable with it, then that's a great indication that you shouldn't be going on a second date with them because they're not the right person for you. Not that you're not the right person for them. Mm -hmm. So I think just get it out of the way straight away. And then, and then you really open the gates to have honest conversation.
0: We're always so focused, aren't we? On, oh God, how are they going to perceive me? But actually we need to be also thinking, well, how are they responding to me and how do I feel about that? Honestly, it took me a while to get to that point. I just kept thinking, how can I make myself super presentable
1: so that someone will like me and someone will accept me? And then eventually I came around to, but
0: hang on, what do I want? (laughs) Like, what do I like? You know, (laughs) was just so not used to asking ourselves that once you've got to that point and you think, okay, I'm going to take Lauren's advice. I'm going to take the plunge. I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell them on the first date about my anxiety. How do you explain that to a date? How do you say it to somebody? Oh God. I mean, I don't know the the correct
1: answer to that. I'm just weighing it myself a lot of the time. <laughs> I want it word for word, Lauren. Um, I mean, gosh, it depends on at what point in the conversation are you going to, bring it up randomly or are you going to let it filter in naturally or are you just going to open up and be like, hey, by the way, I have panic disorder. How about you? (laughs) Um, I would say the easiest way to start talking about it, you know, when you're getting asked about yourself, because obviously that's something you do on a date, like tell me a little bit about yourself or, you know, tell me about your siblings or what you like to do or whatever it may be. And I would just slide it in there somewhere, you know, (laughs) just on the end of a, of a sentence, like, you know, well, I study this and I like to do this. And sometimes though I get really anxious and that tends to hold me back a little bit, but I'm working on that. And then they might say, I get anxious too, because I mean, these days a lot of us do. So I feel like it, it wouldn't be something that would, just, you know, have a tumbleweed rolling past and (laughs) the conversation would be over. As naturally as possible, I suppose. I think so. And I mean, it's always something that feels uncomfortable to talk about, but then I feel like the whole dating situation everything you're talking about can feel a little bit unnatural and stunted in the very beginning.
0: Mm, And I think particularly because we're always trying to present this perfect image of ourselves, aren't we? So anything we say that isn't the ideal, we feel like, oh, God, this is going to be points off my record here.
1: Yes, but you know what? I think we're both trying to do that in a dating situation, but then as soon as someone takes the curtain down a bit and, you know, says something real, I think the other person feels relief and just thinks, oh my God, I can actually be myself here. And I think it really gives the other person permission to be who they are,
0: imperfections and all. You've said that your anxiety has sabotaged your relationship Mm -hmm. before. Were you aware that it was the anxiety that was doing that at the time? Or is that just with hindsight now that you can see that? I think there were other factors, but it definitely was a conversation
1: during the breakup that he said, yeah, look, it was really hard to deal with you not leaving the house for two years. And that was one of those things that I couldn't blame him for either because it was hard for me, (laughs) you know?
0: And how did that make you feel?
1: That made me feel awful. And I did a lot of therapy and I did a lot of journaling and it was something I really felt a lot of guilt about and felt a lot of anger about but then I guess ultimately it was a time in my life where I was really struggling and I don't know I can't really hate on someone else for also struggling with that
0: did you ever had that feeling where you sort of thought I'm just not going to be able to find somebody who will be able to deal with this
1: Yes, absolutely, I did. And I think I held myself back from a lot of dates as well because I just thought I can't be bothered trying because they're not going to want me anyway. In my experience, actually having anxiety while dating and while meeting people hasn't been as bad because I think the thing with anxiety is it's never quite as bad in reality as it seems it's going to be in our heads anxiety is a lot of perception. It's a lot of, I think this is going to be awful and I'm worried that it's going to be awful. It's all about the future. But I think the worst thing is that feeling that no one's going to love you. No one's going to accept you. But I don't think that's limited to anxiety. I think exactly like you said, it's, it resonates with so many people because I think that's what we all really fear is that no one's going to love us at the end of the day.
0: Lauren had made me think about how much the quality of our relationships is determined by how we view them in our own minds. Hopes, fears, insecurities and overthinking can all cause chaos, and I was curious to find out what others' biggest relationship-based fears were. So, as is the protocol of most scientific studies in 2022, I put out a post on social media and here are a selection of my favourite answers. The sentence reads, When it comes to love, the thing I worry about most is... Finish the sentence. Felix, whether she'll still want me after she's tried my cooking. Always go out for food, Felix. She'll never know. Alison, will my dog start liking him more than me? Oh, I know the feeling, Alison. It has already happened in our house, believe me. Grace, if I'll missend my cheeky texts to my mother. I think that's the sole reason why the unsend message feature was invented. And Brandon, when it comes to love, the thing I worry most about is, when they say they're fine, do they really mean it? (laughs) (laughs) I want to say, if you have to wonder, the answer's usually no, in my experience, Brandon. Lauren had reminded me of the spinning, twisting web which anxiety can so easily weave its way around you, as you beat your wings feverishly against it like a trapped fly trying to keep the buzz alive in love. What your mind offers as protection can quickly feel like emotional torture. And I wondered what Lauren might say to the partner of an anxious person in order to help them understand and provide support. I guess it
1: would vary depending on the type of anxiety that person is experiencing. Mm. But I think both parties need honesty. I think that's where it most can get really sticky. I think if the person who suffers with anxiety is not being honest, then the other party can't help them and vice versa. From both sides, it just needs to be a constant ongoing conversation about what do you need from me? What do I need from you? How can I help you? Because a lot of anxiety is trying to control and trying to hide as well. My partner and I have had conversations where he'll say, you know, I'm worried that whatever I say is going to upset you because you're quite sensitive. But then that also opens space for the person with anxiety to kind of learn that there are some things that are going to cross someone else's boundaries and some things that are going to hurt when you hear them. And that's just a natural part of being in a relationship when it comes to mental illness especially and trying not to sort of make someone worse when they're maybe in a downward spiral. Mm. But then
0: that's where I think honest conversation prior to that will help. Just really communicating about how you feel about things from both sides. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then, you know, if my partner says something that I feel is harsh, I still have to work on why I think that's harsh as well. And, you know, is he actually being harsh in that moment or am I taking that on as
0: something that I've done wrong when really it wasn't a comment about that. Being introspective rather than just going, you're awful, how could you possibly say that yes. to me? Yes, being
1: responsive instead of reactive. And that's that's an ongoing journey for me.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> something I think we're all fighting. I can definitely yeah. identify. So do you think there's any benefits though, Lauren, to dating with anxiety? Do you think in some ways your anxiety might help you in any way? I think so. I mean, I can think
1: of the first benefit for me is that I learned so much about myself in terms of going out of my comfort zone, because dating is out of your comfort zone in general, I think, for most people. So it was kind of a challenge for me, like a mini exposure therapy session. And that was great. And I think that having anxiety makes me quite an empathetic person and quite compassionate. And I think that was really helpful with dating because I sort of sought a real connection And I got that out of pretty much all of my dates. And there's still people that I would have a conversation with today, even the ones where the dates didn't work out because we sort of connected on a friendship level as well. And I think that when you have anxiety, you really go the extra mile to be
0: compassionate and kind because you expect someone to do that for you. I love that phrase that you use, mini exposure therapy. I feel like all (laughs) relationships are that for us, because they will bring out your demons, whatever they are, won't they? Oh my gosh, they will. (laughs) So are there any practical things that you did to help you feel more comfortable when you were dating? I think there are quite a few. However, with anxiety,
1: it can be difficult because it borders on safety behaviours. So, For example, like drinking on my first date to kind of give me a little bit of extra confidence, terrible, terrible coping strategy. (laughs) Um, Whereas some people might say, you know, have a drink to take the edge off, making sure that I always drove myself to the date in a way that was helpful for my anxiety because I felt more in control, but in a way that was awful because I wasn't giving up control. I wasn't learning anything. So the most practical thing for me was figuring out who I am besides My anxiety. What do I like to do? Because when I would think about myself, it would all be in the perspective of me with anxiety. It was like, I don't like to travel. I don't like to get in the car with other people. I don't like to go too far from home. You know, everything was colored by anxiety. And when I did a lot of work figuring out who I am without that, I actually figured out I do like to travel. I like to do adventurous things. I like to go on road trips. The total opposite of the things that I thought I liked. And it made that a lot easier for me when I actually went on a date and met someone to actually present who I really am rather than all the things that I feel like I can't do because of my anxiety. And then I guess the other most practical thing was just giving myself a little pep talk before I went (laughs) and just sitting in front of a mirror and telling myself, like, you're lovely, (laughs) you're great. You're friendly, you're funny, you'll have a great time.
0: All correct, Lauren. I (laughs) have only spoken to you for a few minutes and I already agree with all of those things. (laughs) We all need a pep talk, don't we, before we go on a date? In fact, (laughs) before we just start any day, I think we need a pep talk. (laughs) And so let's talk about your lovely relationship now with Anthony. What do you both do to kind of manage your anxiety and how does it play out with you two? He's always said from the beginning he sort of said it quite bluntly. He was like, I don't care
1: at all about your anxiety. I'm like, that's lovely. But he's like, no, what I mean is it doesn't bother me whether you're anxious or not. Like I, I don't think it's bad. I'm not embarrassed. I don't, I don't care. Like it's just normal. It's fine. So that kind of gave me space to sort of react. However, I wanted to react when I was feeling panicked, but for the most part, if we are driving somewhere and I'm anxious, he will drive slowly and he will say things like, we can turn around whenever you like. If you want to go home, we can. He just leaves it very open for me to tell him what I need. And I have gotten quite good at telling him what I need as well. The survival instinct, it doesn't mess around. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't have a stopwatch. It can't time when it's going to go off and when it's not, and it's not something that you can really fight either. I think the more you fight it, the more you get stuck in it. So I think it's really helpful to have a partner who understands that the timing of panic attacks and anxiety is crap sometimes, and there's not much you can do about it, but just to be understanding and just say, I'm here when you're ready. And then it also helps from my perspective to know that there's someone there for me And that it's okay to feel the way I'm feeling and I don't have to rush or I don't have to hide or I don't have
0: to um, try and make myself feel something just to please him. It's nice to have somebody who just says, hey, don't worry about that. It's fine. I actually said to him once, you
1: know, when you say you don't care... Do you mean like that you genuinely don't care about me? I was
0: like no. <laughs> it doesn't bother him might have been yes. a better way of putting it than <laughs> yes. I don't care. Was there anything that came up while you were in the early stages? Yes. The f- the first thing for me was staying at his house for the first
1: time. Being someone who had agoraphobia, I didn't leave my house for a very long time. And then when I recovered from that, you get to an age where you don't go and have sleepovers at other people's houses very often. Oh. So I was only used to being in my own domain and... Staying at someone's house who I liked, like my anxiety is it's worst in the morning always, especially if I'm in a situation that is anxiety provoking. And so I just had it in my head that I was going to wake up on my first sleepover with him and just be an absolute hot mess (laughs) and be stuck in his toilet. And he would be thinking, what is wrong with this girl? But again, it was just me perceiving that it was going to be awful. And in reality, it just wasn't bad at all. And I'd already established with him that conversation about this is what I'm like in the morning. I might need space. I might panic. And yeah, in the end, it was, it was fun. It was fine my stomach was fine. My anxiety was fine. It just wasn't a big deal. And I learned from that point that anytime I was really worried about something that we were going to do, for example, going away together for the first time, I said it to him straight off the bat. Hey, I'm worried about this happening. I'm worried about that happening. And then he said, okay, here's what we'll do if that happens. Here's what we'll do if this happens. So we've always
0: had those open conversations and it's been a huge weight off my mind. And was that a massive relief being able to say those things? Because then it wasn't all kind of on your shoulders. You didn't have to deal with it internally. He was aware of what might happen. It was a relief, but it was also really hard because like I said before, anxiety is hiding. And
1: you know, there are so many things that you don't say out loud for fear of the other person judging you. And so it was very difficult for me to say it because it was kind of like you said on the first date, you know, you feel like you have to present this perfect version of yourself. Mm. And so I don't want to tell someone that I've just started dating that I'm terrified that I'm going to have explosive diarrhea the first morning (laughs) after we sleep together. (laughs) You know what I mean? Not the sexiest. (laughs) Yeah. So... It was really, really hard for me to be honest, just because those fears held so much weight in my body that, you know, letting them go was so difficult because I'd been holding on to them for so long. I'm still learning how to do it, but each
0: time it gets easier. To be honest, I think, again, you hit on something that everyone can relate to the first time you sleep over at your partner's house feeling like you're going to look like a hot mess in the morning and, oh, God, what it's going to be like. Oh, my goodness, yes. But, you know, it's always a relief, isn't it, when they don't leave after that first morning. They've seen me in my morning state and they still like me. Yes. It's a success. We've made it this far. We can get married now. That's a huge hurdle that you've overcome. So to anyone who is in your position, maybe even to past Lauren, (laughs) what advice would you give to somebody who's in that position, who, who has anxiety but wants to date and is worried about it?
1: I would say to remember that we are all human and we are all terrified of the exact same thing. And if there's somebody who doesn't accept you, they are not the right person for you. And there is going to be someone out there who like Anthony doesn't care (laughs) about the things that you think make you so undesirable. And just to get out there and, meet people because at the end of the day, you're not going to be on your deathbed and think, geez, I wish I met less people. Whether it ends up in a relationship or not, I think it's such a valuable thing to get out there and meet somebody new and talk to someone new and experience other people. Even if you feel like your anxiety is going to get in the way, just get out there and see.
0: And what has dating with anxiety taught you about yourself and relationships in general? You may have heard this similar question on previous podcasts. It's the million dollar (laughs) question, Lauren. You said that it's taught you stuff about yourself. What has it taught you?
1: About myself? It's taught me that I am capable of a lot more than I think I am. I am not my limitations at all. I am the opposite and about other people it's taught me that we all have our own things you know we think that we're going to be the most undesirable person in the room because of our skeletons in the closet but everyone has that and we're all really just
0: wanting to connect that's all any of us want and in terms of relationships is it communication is it honesty I think all of the above there (laughs) (laughs) But also I think that a sense of humor is really important because there are going to be
1: times when you feel embarrassed, even without anxiety, there are going to be times when you make an idiot of yourself. And I think the most important thing you can do is just find a way to have a sense of humor
0: about it. We all like a sense of humour. And I also like how I basically answered your question for you. I don't know why you were worried. I might as well just have a chat with Miss That was great. (laughs) It was helpful. Good, I'm glad. So we have covered an awful lot of ground and you have been very open and honest and shared a lot with us. So thank you so much for that, Lauren. Was there anything that my questions failed to cover that you'd like to bring up about this topic? No, not at all. I think your questions were wonderful <laughs> thank you and I must say I think Anthony is a very lucky man to have someone who's not only lovely and and all of the things that you say in the mirror to yourself but also gives such <laughs> lovely compliments about my questions thank you I'll make sure he listens to this episode yes so we'll, we'll milk get that you. memo yeah absolutely <laughs> and also talking of Anthony and your lovely relationship I couldn't help but see on Instagram you're having a baby girl yes congratulations yes,
1: Second daughter, Anthony's first, so yeah. Good
0: luck with that. Uh, that's exciting. Thank you very much. <laughs> good luck. I don't know. if that, I mean, that's basically as, as insensitive as Anthony saying he doesn't care about you. No, I, I feel like luck is, yeah, good luck covers it all with a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Godspeed and good luck. Hope for the best. <laughs> prepare for the worst. (laughs) Very much like love. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. And before we go, um, I've I've spoken a little bit about (laughs) your uh, online world, your Instagram, your YouTube. Tell us, how can we find out more about you? How can we consume more of your content? Probably I'm the most active on Instagram, but
1: I do upload a lot of rambly
0: videos on YouTube as well. So either of those two places would be great. This is a very rambly podcast, so we approve of that. (laughs) Thank you so much, Lauren. Was it less scary than you anticipated? Yes, as always. (laughs) You were lovely. It was great. I feel fine. Oh, I'm so (laughs) pleased to hear that. I didn't completely interrogate (laughs) you and make you feel wildly uncomfortable then. (laughs) <laughs> That's a first, I have to say. <laughs> oh, oh, <good. laughs> oh, it's been an absolute dream talking to you, Lauren. I thoroughly enjoyed every second of it. Thank you, Fernal. So nice speaking to you. Lauren's words were like a big, deep breath of fresh air, reminding us all not only that everyone has something they get anxious about, but also that one person's anxiety source is another person's dream come true. As always, I want to hear from you. What role does anxiety play in your relationships? And how do you cope when you feel anxious? Leave me a comment and let me know. For now, though, you've been listening to Into You with me, Fern Lullum. Special thanks to my guest, Lauren Rose, whose links will be in the show notes. Also to Joshua Holland and Sam Robinson for technical support. And to the manager of AMI, Andy Frank. Leave me your feedback at feedback at ami.ca. If you liked what you heard, make sure to search for Into You on your favourite or indeed any podcast distributing platform and subscribe for more episodes coming your way on the first Thursday of every month. I can only hope, just like Lauren, it wasn't half as bad as you thought it might be.